Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning and welcome to Exact Earth's first quarter fiscal 2021 financial results call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the management's prepared remarks, we will conduct a question and answer session during which analysts are invited to ask questions. To ask a question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone to register. Should you require any assistance during the call, please press star 0. On this morning's call, we have Peter Mabson, Exact Earth's CEO, and Sean Maybe, Exact Earth's CFO. I would now like to turn the call over to Mr. Maybe. Please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's call. Before I hand things over to Peter, I would like to remind everyone that some information provided by Exact Earth may constitute forward-looking statements within the meaning of applicable securities laws. Our forward-looking statement disclaimer is included on page two of our MDNA, which is available on our website in the Xactor CDAR profile. In our disclosure documents and or on the call, we may provide information about order bookings, backlog, adjusted EBITDA, and subscription services revenue, all of which are not defined by IFRS. These measures are provided as additional information, which we believe is important in the understanding of our business. For further information related to our non-IFRS measures, please see page two of our MDNA. At this point, I'll pass it over to you, Peter. Thanks, Sean. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. On today's call, I'll spend a few minutes discussing financial highlights and operational developments for the quarter, along with a look ahead through 2021, after which I'll turn it over to Sean for a more detailed look at the numbers. And then finally, we'll open it up for questions. Overall, it was a strong quarter, both operationally and financially for Exact Earth, and a continuation of the positive momentum we generated during 2020. We continue to execute on our objectives to drive top-line growth and margin expansion. Subscription revenue grew in both the commercial and government segments, and our high customer retention provides a strong, stable foundation to grow from. We again grew our cash on the balance sheet, fueled by the third straight quarter of positive cash from operations, and subsequent to quarter end, our convertible debentures were converted to equity, further strengthening the balance sheet. Q1 results were again achieved amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. With the team working remotely, we continue to execute on customer mandates while also working to expand our sales and partner pipeline and advance new opportunities through the sales cycle. While the pandemic may impact our daily lives well into 2021, our fundamentals remain solid, and with the measures we undertook in 2020 to grow our top line and reduce our expense base, our outlook for the business is stronger than it has been at any time in the past several years. Revenue growth in Q1 was driven largely by the volume of businesses, excuse me, the volume of business we have brought on board over the past 12 months, as those new arrangements have gone live and begun contributing. Order bookings in Q1 included new client wins, such as with an agency of the Japanese government, the expansion of channel partner relationships, and certain customer renewals. 
We ended the quarter with order backlog higher than it was a year ago and with a growing pipeline of new direct sales and channel partner opportunities. Just last week, we announced an agreement with MDA to provide advanced satellite AIS data services as part of their recently announced Dark Vessel Detection, or DVD, program for the Government of Canada. The DVD program is intended to detect and identify vessels that have switched off their AIS transponders and are engaged in illegal, unreporting, and unregulated, or IUU, fishing. IUU fishing is a global problem that results in significant economic loss, estimated at $23 billion per year by the Department of Fisheries and Oceans Canada, and leads to considerable damage to the world's fishing population and habitat. Exact Earth has been working with the global fisheries community for the last 10 years, in part through our small vessel initiative, and we are pleased to be on board to help the Government of Canada assert its leadership position in its fight against IUU. This agreement also expands our relationship with MDA, who is also the prime contractor to the Department of National Defense on the Polar Epsilon II project. We are providing AIS data processing services to that project via MDA. This project is part of a whole-of-government effort to maintain and expand Canada's access to a domestic source of space-based Earth observation data. Our AIS data will be used to help the Canadian Armed Forces to detect, identify, and track vessels of interest in Canada's maritime areas, including the Arctic region. With ExactView RT established as the leading satellite AIS service in the market, our key priorities today are building our sales pipeline and converting those opportunities into new customers. Channel partners form an important part of our sales growth strategy since the right channel partners with their network of established customer relationships and large experienced sales teams serve to expand and accelerate our sales pipeline. Looking forward into 2021 and beyond, our key focus areas are, firstly, continue to drive top line growth through investment in sales and marketing to expand our sales and customer success teams and also in managing and expanding our channel partner relationships. And secondly, in addition to channel partners, we are also expanding our network of application and platform partners. In the coming years, we intend to work with both our channel partners and development partners to bring about expanded product offerings for surveillance, commodity, fishing, and fleet markets. In closing, Q1 was a strong quarter for Exact Earth as we continue to benefit from the recent steps taken to strengthen our financial foundation and position the business for revenue growth and margin expansion. While it is uncertain what the impact of COVID-19 will be on the business and broader economy during the remainder of the year, at this point, we reiterate our previously provided estimate for subscription services revenue growth in 2021 of between 15 and 20%. With that, I'll pass it over to Sean for a closer look at the numbers. Thanks, Peter. Good morning, everyone. As Peter mentioned, Q1 was a strong quarter with revenue up 30% year over year to 5.4 million and adjusted EBITDA of 900,000 up from 250,000 last year. The increase in total revenue reflects strength with our subscription services revenue, as well as growth with our data products and other products and services revenue. Subscription services revenue, which tends to be revenue of a recurring nature, was 4.9 million, up 27% compared to Q1 last year. Data products and other products and services revenue combined was 494,000 in Q1, up 68% from Q1 last year. Revenue of this type is typically one time in nature, which, which results in variability from quarter to quarter. Order bookings for Q1 were 4.3 million compared to 7.1 million in Q1 2020. 
This number fluctuates quarter to quarter as well. Often our Q1 is a softer quarter as the holiday season falls right in the middle of it. Q1 last year was an exception with the multi-year EMSA agreement being completed then. Nevertheless, we expect order bookings to pick up in Q2. Order bookings backlog at quarter end was 26.7 million compared to 25.6 million at the end of Q1 last year. Order bookings backlog would have been higher at quarter end were it not for the strengthening of the Canadian dollar during the period, which had a $900,000 impact. Of the current order bookings backlog, 12.2 million is expected to be recognized during the remainder of fiscal 2021. Gross margins improved in Q1 due to the increase in revenue and the initiatives we undertook to reduce costs last year. As discussed on our last call, one of those initiatives was the signing of the amended agreement with L3 Harris. Under the amended agreement, there is an annual fixed fee of 4.3 million US paid monthly in equal amounts, and we will pay a 30% revenue share to L3 Harris on a portion of satellite AIS data revenue that is in excess of 16 million US within any fiscal year. It is important to note that not all of our revenue qualifies toward that 16 million US million dollar level. Only the satellite AIS data services revenue contributes to that target. For Q1, the amount of revenue characterized as qualifying towards the revenue share threshold after adjusting to US currency was 3.4 million. Based on our outlook for the year, it remains unlikely that there will be a revenue share expense in fiscal 2021. Selling general and administrative, or SGNA, expense for the quarter was 2.8 million versus 1.8 million in Q1 last year. The majority of this increase was due to a non-cash 786,000 expense related to the increase in the value of the deferred share units, or DSUs, held by members of the Board of Directors. DSUs are settled in cash and therefore are valued quarterly using the latest share price at the end of the quarter. The DSUs rose in value in Q1 as the share price increased significantly from the end of Q4 2020 to the end of Q1 2021. Excluding that expense, SG&A was up modestly due to certain increases in payroll and legal, offset in part by reduced travel and consulting expenses. As discussed on our last call, looking into Q2 and the remainder of 2021, we are looking at additional hires in the area of sales, marketing, and data science to continue our sales momentum. We have previously stated that this investment in 2021 will be approximately $750,000. Product development and R&D expenses were down in Q1 2021 due to lower consultant costs. We continue to work primarily on the development of analytics of web-based applications, either in collaboration with clients per their individual requests or on our own with broader product launches in mind. Adjusted EBITDA was 900,000 in Q1 compared to 250,000 in Q1 of 2020. Of note, adjusted EBITDA in Q1 last year benefited from a one-time net adjustment of 648,000 related to the completion of the amended agreement with L3 Harris, making the turnaround to Q1 2021's result that much more significant. For the remainder of fiscal 2021, adjusted EBITDA is expected to moderate somewhat as we invest further in the business. In Q1, we did deploy some of the $750,000 in sales and marketing investment, but that deployment will pick up in pace in Q2 and through the remainder of the year, 
with the intention of laying a broader foundation for growth beyond 2021. Looking now at our balance sheet, cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments at quarter end increased for the second straight quarter and were $8 million compared to $7.4 million at October 31st, 2020, and $6.8 million at July 31st, 2020. Regarding the convertible debenture on our Q1 balance sheet, we issued a redemption notice on the $13 million convertible debentures during the quarter on January 8th, and as Peter mentioned earlier, the debentures were converted to equity subsequent to the quarter end on February 8th. Since the redemption notice was issued during the quarter, it resulted in 11.6 million of the debentures being reclassified as a current liability on the balance sheet, which impacts our working capital calculation. However, with the resulting conversion of the debentures on February 8th, this liability has been extinguished and a resultant improvement in working capital will be reflected on our Q2 21 balance sheet. With the redemption on February 8th, a total of 27.4 million shares were issued to debenture holders, bringing the total number of shares outstanding today to 49.4 million on a non-diluted basis. Overall, this was a very positive development for the company. It simplifies our capital structure, improves our leverage, and eliminates the ongoing interest expense. It leaves us with a stronger balance sheet with which to pursue growth. And finally, a quick look at the cash flow statement, in particular CapEx and cash from operations. In terms of capital expenditures, we had commissioning costs in Q1 related to the eCell satellite, which amounted to approximately 470000 Some commissioning-related costs in Q2 of a lower magnitude is expected when the satellite becomes operational, and then a final payment will happen in Q1 of 2022. Excluding the e-sale commitments, overall, CapEx spending will be modest during the year and lower than in fiscal 2020. Cash generated from operations in Q1 was $771,000 compared to cash used in operations of $1.8 million in Q1 of 2020. This was the third straight quarter of positive cash from operations. And while we expect there to be some variability on this quarter to quarter as we invest for growth, overall, we expect that operating cash flows in fiscal 2021 will be favorable to fiscal 2020. That concludes my prepared remarks. At this point, I'll ask the operator to please provide instructions to anyone who wishes to ask a question. Operator? Okay, thank you. At this time, if anybody would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We do have a question from David McFadgen from Cormark. Your line is open. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, just, a, just a couple of questions. Um, first of all, start off on the subscriber revenue. So um, I believe that uh, this was the first quarter where you should have saw uh, a loss of some uh, Miriota revenue. Isn't that correct? I uh, actually would have been... Uh, would have been in Q4, um, yeah, so okay. we had uh, we signed the deal in Q3. Yeah, right. So and that loss of Miriata revenue was in subs subscription revenue, right? 
you would have pulled that out of the That's script then? That's correct. So, okay, so then, then you know, when you're talking 27% subscriber revenue growth, if you would adjust for Marriott, it was even, you know, over 30, right? Uh, yes, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so just leads me to wonder if, uh, you know, your revenue guidance of 15 to 20% is kind of light. Well, Dave, maybe I'll um, maybe I'll take that one. <clears throat> I think you know, it's early in the year, and <clears throat> I think excuse me, I have a frog in my throat here. Early in the year, and we're um, you know obviously we're we've seen a very good first quarter. Year over year growth looks very strong there. The pipeline is and is expanding, but <clears throat> as always, you know there's there's lumpiness quarter to quarter, and I think we're going to keep looking at that if we get to the point where. Uh, we see confidence that the that the guidance should be changed. We would do that, but at this point, uh, I think we're comfortable with where it is. Okay, but subscriber revenue isn't really that lumpy. It's recurring, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, obviously uh, you have to appreciate, of course, as we said, we're we're in the middle of a pandemic here, so you know there are risks to be considered. As I said, it's a bit it's a bit early in the year. Yeah, we certainly like the trajectory and the performance that we achieved in the in the first quarter. And yeah, indeed, as we were saying, things are looking looking positive here. So we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, obviously we'll uh, we'll be reporting again in in three months, and we'll see where we stand. Okay, and then just on the gross margin, it was um, you know it ticked up quite a bit. It's definitely higher than what I was looking for. I was just wondering, was there anything unusual in the gross margin this quarter, or is that more of a sustainable level right here yeah i think um you know again we we have some uh we have some things that uh you know we're working on in terms of new products so gross margin is a bit dependent on mix of revenues um as you know we sell uh we sell various forms of data and some of them drag along different cost profiles um i would say overall uh we would expect sort of the gross margin to sort of stay at this level or, or even slightly improve. Okay. All right. Well, that's very good. Um, and then maybe you could give us an update on um, the development of the Class B transponder. I, I mean, because I know that's a potential upside there. It's minimal in your revenue right now. And I was just wondering if we can get an update on, you know, is there anything new on the horizon that would cause that to, uh, to, to, to start to be more meaningful for your revenue? Yeah, Dave, sure, I'll take that. <clears throat> so, I mean, lots of encouraging developments in that area. As I think I've already always characterized it, this uh, small vessel activity that we're doing with the Class B uh, transponders, this is more of a long-term growth initiative where we think it will be you know, a little while before there's momentum there. But indeed, uh, the issue of being able to provide very low-cost uh, tracking solutions for small fishing vessels around the world there are, are there's literally a potential target population of several million vessels out there in terms of the uh, various small fishing country communities around the around the world we're very active in that um, there's continuing sort of programs going on where we're deploying operational systems for you know, various countries that have funded us to to do that so overall we see that sort of as an encouraging development uh, it's a complex ecosystem in terms of countries and international regulatory bodies getting together all of the, the funding required to make mass deployments in that, that area. So that's something that we're continuing to work with various players there, and we look forward to that 
bearing more fruit in the future. I would not expect anything significant in that regard during the current fiscal year. This is more something we're looking out beyond this year. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dave. This brings us to the end of our uh, Q&A session. We have no further questions in queue. I turn the call back over to the presenters for closing remarks. Thanks, Michelle, and thank you to everyone for participating on today's call. We look forward to speaking with you and reporting to you in the coming quarter. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This will bring us to the end of today's conference call. You may now disconnect. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.